everyone, welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me for this uh, final sojourn of uh, Season 4 of Star Trek Discovery, my dear friends, Lieutenant Commander Eric and Lieutenant Commander David. What's up, fellas? Gentlemen, gentlemen, we made it. 18 weeks, <laughs> but we're here at the end of Season 4 it, uh, of Star Trek Discovery. It's like a homecoming. <laughs> it, it took a long time to get us to this point, took but we made it. Getting we from did there it. to here. <laughs> we, got, we got there. We made it. We did it. Good job, everyone. I don't know whose idea it was to split this up into two pieces, but, man, that made it feel so much longer. <laughs> I, blame, I blame the government. we got to blame someone. Let's, let's blame the government. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. Thanks, Just Stacey. Like on Thanks, Stacey Abrams. Appreciate it. Appreciate <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Well, today we're going to be talking about uh, the season finale, of course. But before we do, what in the world has been happening in um, y'all's corner, corners of the Alpha Quadrant? St. Patty's Day, right? Ooh, ooh. Right? You know, get get your get your Guinness on, right? Yeah, on a Thursday. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, some of, us, some, some of us don't have to go to work tomorrow. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Hey, the, I'm sure the bars loved it because it's St. Patrick's Day. It's opening day of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Just a big day all around. Well, there we go. Yeah, I'm not – I mean, I'm not really going to work tomorrow either. I mean, I'm going to a conference, but – that might still be work. I don't know. But it's all my computer. Yay. I was about to say, what exotic location are you traveling to now for your conference? Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, anywhere my background tells me. I'm going to record this in my dining room instead of my office so it can be exotic. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We, 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 so yeah, I'm presenting um, this year. And uh, so our presentation, like all the presentations, we were contacted and said, like, hey, we need your presentations um, com- like recorded and sent by this particular day. So, like, I recorded my presentation over a month ago. And it's weird because whenever, like, my presentation is scheduled, like, I'm expected to be in the room watching myself and my co-presenter give the talk that we gave a month ago and chat live with people it just it seems kind of weird like i don't i don't i don't like it man it's like too what meta like kind of meta i don't know it's weird just saying just saying so but anyways eric is enjoying his guinness He's got a green tongue. He's got a green shirt. He's got green green eyeliner, green eyeshadow. He's got green glitter in his beard. That's right. I, mean, I went I went all emo with the green eyeliner. Yeah, man. He's got like a green like tinsel wig. I mean, he is like living his best life now. That's right. My Scottish family is gonna disown me after they see all the Irish green that I'm wearing. <laughs> Thrown down on a Thursday. Here we go. Here we go, boys. Hey, my great grandfather was born in Scotland, emigrated to the U.S. 
Look at you go. Look at right. you go. I'm pretty sure I'm at war with myself because I'm both Scottish and Irish. Mm-hmm. Well, the and, McKinney, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mick, <laughs> not Mac, by the way. I said Mick. I know you did. But, like, anyway. So, yeah, I, I, I come more from the Irish side than I do the Scottish side. So, But I also got, like, uh, I think, like, English, German, and uh, was it Bulgarian as well? So, like, a whole, like, smattering of, of European stuff. So you gave your DNA, DNA away to one of those tests? Don't you know what they do with those things? They send it off to the aliens in space that are hovering, which is the only reason we have Space Force now. Space Force. So they can develop a bioweapon to just take us all out so they can, you know, colonize our, our planet Earth. I thought we had Space Force so we could fight Space ISIS. Spices? <laughs> that would have made an excellent 80s action drama on television. <laughs> it would have had a heck of a jingle. <laughs> Space ISIS! <laughs> Boy. <laughs> Like, just come up with like a like a theme song like on the spot, David. Can you? Uh, no, I can't. I can't You're not the it. jingle writer. No. Hey, those guys work really, really hard. Okay. That's what Charlie Sheen did in Two and a Half Men. Was the jingle writer. Oh wow. Wow. You never watched Two and a Half Men? Nope. With Charlie Sheen and John Cryer? Nope. It was good when it started. It was good when it started. It, it, you know, later, later on, not so much. Okay. All right. Then Aston Kutcher took over when Charlie Sheen went crazy. So, yeah, yeah, with, uh, with the whole, like, what, tiger blood and the whole winning thing? Yeah, the warlock. Okay. Great. It's great. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Well, uh, David, you wanna you wanna round out this craziness like with uh, with your own St. Patty's Day shenanigans? I mean, not really. This week has been terrible, <laughs> terrible week. Proud for you. It's, it's been a terrible week. I've had to interview people. I've had to talk to people that don't know what they're saying. It's terrible. Mm. And it was like all last week and mostly this week when I was told I wasn't a team player. Well, you're not, but it's fine. Well, I, I mean. It's fine. <laughs> when you're in a different state, I refuse to play on the same team. <laughs> no, week, week week was fine. It was just one of those random things where if something could go bad or whatever, it did, but it was sort of comical, so it, it wasn't terrible. I'm just looking forward to the weekend. I can dig it. You're working for the weekend. Everybody's working like for the weekend. Like that song? Exactly. Everybody is working for the do you, this is the thing I've been thinking of. If you're on the Starship Enterprise, do mm. you get a weekend or are you on duty every day? You see, things of the future aren't like they once were. See, we're, we, we, we've we So we've do you evolved. get a weekend or not? Do you work? Are you, do you have a, a duty yeah, like, shift every day of the week? Like, <laughs> or do you like get Captain, like, like five days like, on do, and two do we days get a off? Weekend? Like, you know, there's been a lot of seven-day weeks around here. I mean, like, is there a weekend or something? Like, you're the you're a captain of the station. Like, dude, we get a weekend, huh? Man, I give y'all, I give y'all your own weekends, right? I give y'all like your Fridays and your Saturdays. I mean, come on now. I mean, the holodeck's been busted. I mean, like, what are we supposed to do here? I mean, 
That you, t- you gotta talk to the chief about that one. I'm just saying. Ferengi bartender left town. It's like we need a new one. Yeah, it's like what are we doing? There's a Ferengi bartender in this episode. And if you caught that right at the very end, yeah, I did. <laughs> Making flaming shots in That's the wrong right. type of glasses. <laughs> the wrong type of glasses. Yeah. Even I know that. Oh man. So yeah, you can have weekends. Why not? But on the Enterprise, no. See, like when you're at Lone Star Station, you're on the Vigilant. You can have your weekends. Best ship to be on in in, in the whole fleet because we get weekends. Yeah, because, you know, there's an episode of Stargate Atlantis that's literally called Sunday. Yeah. And the whole idea of the whole idea of the episode is everyone's working so hard that there's like a mandated day off. You are not working today, except maybe the skeleton crew to keep operate. You know, there's like a skeleton crew in the med bay, sick bay, whatever, whatever they call Mm -hmm. it. There's like a skeleton crew in operations just in case. But day off. No one's working. It's called Sunday. Lieutenant Commander Eric. There was a a mission briefing. And part of it was, one, we don't put cover sheets in all our TPS reports. And two, we do not mention the episode Sunday for reasons. (laughs) Okay, it's only been 15 years since that episode's aired. Too soon. 15 years? You know I never read those briefs. Like, well, I, I think I think it's about that time, y'all. I think it's time to uh, to talk Trek. So everyone, if uh, this is your first time listening, welcome. Uh, we're going into spoilerific territory, so this is your red alert as we talk about the season four finale of Star Trek Discovery coming home. Can I well, ask a question, mm. just like right off the bat? Yeah. What is up with the budget of this show? Like, you might not agree, but why is it that periodically there's an episode where it looks like they just blew their budget on the rest of the episode? Because, like, there's so much computer-generated stuff here, but I I don't want It's not critical. It's not weighing into the score of the episode, the plot of the episode, or whatever. I thought a lot of it looked bad. Like, it, I, I started thinking, it's like, this is something I would have seen in, like, Enterprise in the early 2000s. Mm. Like, are we going to look back at this in 10 years and be like, oh, man, that computer-generated stuff really held up? So are you talking about, like, the, the Species 10C at the end? What specifically no, are no, you no, talking no, about? No, 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 not that. That was fine. I'm more talking about, like, you know, the command station, the stuff around Earth, like, just some of the the ships and so forth and then that in the very last scene the zoom out uh from earth like you could see earth ripple in their camera angle Mm. it's like that just it looked it looked bad to me again not not an indication of the episode the score the plot whatever it just it's like sometimes the show looks amazing and then other times it just looks like not Amazing. Well, did they spend all the FX budget on the pyrotechnics? Because that pyrotechnics <laughs> yes. got his work in. That, that explosive guy, he got in his work in this episode. Yeah, he did. <laughs> did you notice he was kind of gone for a little while, and he's like, <laughs> you've been swindling us for millions with your pyrotechnics. Okay, fine. I'm out. We, we need you back. We need you back for this hey, one. fire guy. 
Fire guy, this, this this is Alex. This is Alex. Look, we got we have this big pyro this thing is... coming up. And look, I know you didn't leave on the best of terms. I know, you know. I know Michelle kind of told you to go away. But <laughs> I need you. I need you to come home to us, right? It's my duty. I accept. Golly, he went overboard on this episode. Like, boom, those pyrotechnics on the Discovery Bridge, on Bookship. Man. But yeah, not not to harp about it. It, it just like it looked a little bit like not CG of of now mm-hmm. in this point in time. That that was all. So, so yeah, when this when this is opening up, and we're we're seeing like, of course, we're getting like this recap, like we always do, right? And with. With, uh, with like the the like the Starfleet folks, like the the command center, like I, I like I, I we've we've only ever seen it stationary, but like I don't know what else to call it, but like a wind chime. It just looked like one of those like wind chime like um, like patio decoration things. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. As it it's did. like zooming through through um, like this warp field or whatever. I was very confused on what was happening here. It's like, wait, what is this? Like, this the command center doesn't move, does it? This is something different. Oh, but Boy, it does, does, Eric. <laughs> it does. It believes it can fly. Yeah, that's not acceptable anymore, Chase. No, 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 no. <laughs> Shut down already. <laughs> so yeah, we we're we're caught up in this. Uh, in these shenanigans, and uh, by the way, Tilly's back, and uh, t- giving like this, like not really a tour, but she's giving this tour, like to the cadets, like, hey, here's what's up. I know you're not ready, but by the way, you're not really cadets anymore, so get over it, believe in yourself, type of thing, and stuff blowing up, and we're just trying to get the heck out of Dodge before the DMA comes and obliterates earth titan navarre like we've known about like the last what two episodes basically three episodes whatever it's actually been and um yeah just you know yeah you know i've made i've made this complaint for the past two or three episodes that in the show they're trying to tell us Oh, it's urgent. It's urgent. There's this ticking clock, right? We have it's like now, 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 now. We have to do this. But like the episodes themselves don't feel like there's any urgency. The characters keep telling us this, but we're not seeing any of this. And so I've had this idea that maybe throughout the last couple episodes they could have sprinkled in some of this DMA approaching Earth, right? Some of this little evacuation stuff. To, to, to sprinkle it in but like not just like dump it all on us here like in the opening of this episode I thought that would have been more effective to create this sense of urgency and, and desperation because I well, really periodic, honestly didn't like, feel like there was that much desperation here so you want periodic like Armageddon style comet shots you know as it's sort of coming in you just strafe the outside of it. I mean, you know, I prefer you know, deep impact to Armageddon. Close my eyes. 
things, you know, that I sort of thing. Prefer, I prefer Deep Impact. Right. Wow, okay. Eric I wants mean, a good money shot of uh, of the asteroid, I'm just saying. That's right. I, I mean, yeah, that's fine, I guess. The DMA, whatever. That movie didn't have animal crackers, but, you know, whatever. And it didn't have the epic theme song that you were just singing. That's, that's right. Wow. Let, let's let's pour one out for Armageddon. No, but but you but you are right. I mean, that's something we've talked about the entire season about like where where is the danger? It's like we we understand there is danger, but where is like where is it? You know, we've had time for scenes of like building like Saru's relationship with the president of Navarre, which okay, that's fine. You know, but it is it just random spots when you're all supposed to have only hours left. You know, last time on Star Trek Discovery, they only had 16 hours left, and now it's four. You know, that sort of thing. But, yeah, some reminders would have been good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, we've... What was it? Um, um, hold on a second. It was... Including this one. One, two, three, four. Right? You had the Galactic Barrier, Rubicon, uh, Rosetta, Rosetta, Species Tennessee, and then Coming Home, right? So yeah, I mean, like, four episodes of us being in another galaxy. And, like, the only callback we really had to home was, oh, by the way, we just we just got there, or we're about to be there, and the DMA is there. Yeah. And that that's about it. Like, it's just been... Figuring out crop dusting, a light show, along the way, but nothing, nothing about Earth, right? Nothing at all. Like no, no, just scene thing. Like to see how how the Dadmiral's doing, how the cadets are doing, what Kovic is up to, none of that stuff. Yeah. Well, Kovic is addressing even more pressing matters than the DMA about to destroy Earth. Remember? Bet you a buck or six donuts. That's what season five is going to be about. Oh, yeah. Right, and Bryce is there with him. That's right. Kite surfing? <laughs> they're just like best buddies now. They're just out there having a good old time. They're just the saying universe. that. Like, they're they're like off on like Riza or they're like on, in Hawaii or something. Like, I can't believe those idiots believed us. We got the <laughs> world on Starfleet's dime, man. <laughs> so, anyway. At the top of this, like after we we deal with like with shenanigans, like with like the like like with Starfleet and like Starfleet HQ, which, by the way, I just think it's a really bad tactical decision. Like I realize like the fleet is kind of small in the grand scheme of things, but I just think it's a really dumb decision to fly your headquarters to where all the nonsense is happening. I I also want to say one other thing that just popped into my head. So the basketball hoop ship. Uh huh. You know they're trying to figure out a way. They're trying to figure out a way to evacuate people, right? And I think that the number was like what, like five hundred thousand or something from each planet. Yeah, something Something like like something like that. You know, if you had a whole ship, maybe you could put some more people in it instead of making a basketball (coughs) hoop out of one of them. (coughs) What? What significance does that ship have? It's a ring with nacelles. Like what? What? The, what is that ship? 
It doesn't have a center. You could put like, I don't know, more people in it. See, maybe what happens is it has like a stand-up mode where it becomes like this pool of standing water, where it becomes this stable Look. wormhole, <laughs> where it connects people or connects, you know, one part of the galaxy to another. Look, this isn't Transformers, a okay? Super they're, gate. Yeah, it's a Supergate. They're, they're not robots in disguise, okay? It's a basketball hoop. Basically, the people are going to go <laughs> flying from the planet and swoosh into the ship as they fly to their deaths. I mean, make a complete ship. What is it with these people? Are they too afraid to make... Uh, anyway, sorry. I just thought that was funny when Basketball Hoop ship showed up. USS Basketball Hoop. <laughs> USS NBA. <laughs> yeah, just call it the Jordan, you know? We, we can just call it the, you know, the MJ. It'll be great. The USS MJ. I love it. So let it be written, so let it be done. So we're on Discovery after the shenanigans with the fleet. And there's this, there's this like little back and forth, like with like what's going on, um, with uh, like Doctor Harai saying some stuff. Um, any, any other updates about like the Ten C, and like this whole like betrayal that happened at the end of episode? But for a moment, Burnham is having this convert, this side conversation with Rillick about like how in the world did this happen like plasma does not vent itself like someone on the on board had to do this nonsense and just out of a clear blue sky of course general Endoya just shows up and like oh yeah it was me no i i that i find that believable that she would actually own up and admit that she did that after yeah. the fact yeah. i just thought it was kind of funny in a way kind of just how it played out like it, it just looked, it just looked funny to me. So, but I mean, like what we know about Endoye from like last season and this one is, she's like very much duty bound, like to a fault. So, like if she thinks she's doing the right thing, she's going to follow that path until it ends, which is exactly what she did with Book and Tarka, with this whole scheme, like in partnering with them, uh, there for a little while. And then, of course, now she's seeing the error of her ways. And like you said, like, yeah, that probably was the right thing or the logical thing for her to do. Like, it, it would make sense for her to do that because she's duty bound. But, you know, just the fact that this show is about a lot about family, like we've talked about, feelings, um, redemption, which are not all bad things. But, of course, like we have her being walked away or walking away like with some kind of security officer saying I'm willing to help, you know, like whatever you need, just let me know. Let me redeem myself, basically. And, uh, anyway. Yeah, but I think, I'm not sure, I can't remember the, uh, like, the sequence of events, but either right before or right after this, we get a scene where they're trying to communicate with the 10C, like, let us out of the orb, and they're like, you're already out of it. We, what do you mean? You let you out. You're already out. And, like, they don't understand that we're not one whole thing. And we we can't communicate that fact to them. So Rillick is like, or not Rillick, Tarina, President Tarina is like, let me mind meld with them. I'm going to touch the glass of the, the, yeah. the ship and I'm going to mind yeah. meld with the species 10C. Yeah, what's I have up? A what's it's, up like, it's, it's like, 
if you could mind meld with them to understand yes. before, why not do that before? Why go yes. through the whole the whole math Linkos language last week? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, okay, like I was, yeah, I, I was out and about earlier and I had this plan on my phone and I was like, why are we mind melding with the cloud now? Like, Really, like, Tarina, you're holding back on us, lady. Man, come on now. Well, touch, it, touch, it, touch the cloud and say, you know, stop it. Just stop it. But, but look, if if that would have happened, Eric wouldn't have gotten his math episode. Yeah. And he would have been very cranky. Yeah. And we all know Eric needs some math to not be cranky. I wouldn't have got to nerd out with my math discussion <laughs> last week. You know, okay, dear listeners, let me. I want to clue you in on something. The way to Eric's heart. You ready for this? You ready? Listen to me, people in listener land. Okay, here we go. This is like pulling the curtain back on, on Lieutenant Commander Eric. Math and pudding. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Math and pudding. Like That's, that's, that's a good pudding. day for Eric right there. Yes, what, it what is. What kind of pudding? Chocolate. Yeah, tapioca, maybe. David's already planning a care package, a year supply of tapioca pudding. Math pudding. It'll just be a paper right. that says math on it, and then you have to solve this math problem before you can open this thing of pudding. You'd be the only person who that's, would do that that's too. The co- that's the combination to open up the thing of pudding is the answer to this math problem. I'll have like a a pudding lock. Put it in a little lock box. Do you want to play a game? The only way that you can have the pudding is to solve the math problem. (laughs) (laughs) That may or may not happen. I'm not going to lie. That's a good idea, and I really like it. So, (laughs) Okay, but in all seriousness, we we mind meld with the species 10C by touching the glass, and we're overwhelmed, and we're like... This I wasn't reaching out to one organism or one being. I was connected to all of them. What do you mean, like the Borg, a hive mind? Like, no, I don't think they have individuals. I think they're just one big species. And they don't understand our concept of individualism. Yes. I, I ask a question. Okay, Chase. Now, I know... That we are 900 some odd years in the future. But for all intents and purposes, these folks, these are Kirk era people. Besides reading a, like a, a history book from the future, how do they know about the Borg? <sighs> They're the best of the best, Chase. Well, it, well it's, it's Rillick just, that mentions the Borg, right? Who's from the future. It's not. It's not any member of Discovery that mentions. I guess that. I missed that then. Just ignore that. And hey, they know about a twenty-fourth century admiral. I think his name was Picard. Stop it! <laughs> Just stop it! I hated that so much. That was such a stupid thing to say. Ah. Mm. They said yeah, it though. The- Hands on the glass was strange, though. I mean, he's not really re- touching anyone. It's like more an extension of her psychic field or whatever like that. Yeah. I mean, 
I mean, Spock mined another with a rock one time. And a whale. <laughs> but, the, but the rock was a thing. Though. It was a silicon And the whale is a form, thing. Yeah. Yeah, they're life things forms. that think. Precious little life forms. <laughs> Just plaster that thing back on that rock. It's fine. It's fine. Okay. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. <laughs> I'm a miracle worker. Um, okay, how do y'all want to keep up with this? Do y'all want to just keep, talk through, like, the Discovery 10C thing? Or yeah, do y'all want to... Let's just, let's just do that. Just do that? Yeah. Okay. So, we're... We've basically broken the 10C's trust um, along the way. Um, they're angry, right? We don't trust you, essentially, is what they're saying uh, in this mind meld. And... Um, trying to under like we're trying to understand them they're trying to understand us and we have to somehow try and get communication back up with them like we have to get some buy-in again somehow and through all this um partly with tarina partly with um other attempts they kind of sort of start to reach out a little bit vice versa and opening up communications and having a bigger TARDIS eventually get involved with the people of Discovery and well I, I think I think we need to talk a little bit before that eh, maybe a little bit I mean because they're 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 like well we we hurt we hurt the tendencies trust they don't understand that they're we're not acting together. Like the ship that broke out of the smaller orb and is trying to shut down your power source. That's not us. That's somebody else. Mm-hmm. So in order to show them and to try to prove to the Tensi that we're different, we have to try to go stop them. But we right. have to break free from our orb first. Which- and Stamets, figure out a way to do that. I got an idea, but Captain, you're not not going to like it. it. Right, which, by the way, this is how we're going to get rid of the spore drive. Again, wink, wink. Well, Well, I mean, I totally thought they were setting up maybe like the season five storyline with now coming home, right? You know, we're on our journey home. We're on our voyage home, right? We're coming home, right? I was like, is this the season five going to be the journey home with no spore drive, like a truncated Voyager? But no, that's not that's not what happened. It would take decades, right? So, yeah, like Stamets come up, comes up with this plan of, well, the energy that we that – we, get from all like the super spins that we do it's dispelled along the mycelial network that's how we get from point a to point b so quickly but that's not really going to work here but so instead of it like taking us home it's going to fry the spore drive but we'll get out of this little orb fish tank thing that we're stuck in and uh, we would have to warp we would have to effectively use warp to get back to um, starfleet to get back to like federation hq type of thing which would take decades because we don't have the spore drive. Um, to which Burnham is like, okay, fine, do it, whatever. We don't really have much of a choice. And, of course, it burns things out. 
This is when all the pyrotechnics. This was when he had his field day back there. Yeah, he got paid overtime. Time and a half. Time and a half. (laughs) How much gasoline do you need? Like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't matter that it's $4 a gallon. Just get more of it. Michelle? Michelle, this is Alex. Yeah. No, no, no. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Fire. Okay. Fire guy. It's all you, man. We're giving you all the budget you need to blow stuff up and burn it up. Do it. Hey, um, by the way, you don't need this set anymore, right? Like for this season. Oh, it's over, right? So I can just destroy everything, right? Michelle, he wants to destroy. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Go for it. Personally, I want the the discovery to get destroyed in terms of like the set. Like you're 930 years in the future, you are literally flying an antique shop. Hey, like the ship is like a museum. Museums are cool. That's what someone who lives in a museum would say. All right, Indiana Jones. That was that was a direct quote from season three. I know it was. It's got, it's got some programmable matters. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not that old. It's, it's fine. Anyway, so uh, I was... A, okay. When we come up with this plan of how we can stop Bookship from doing the thing that it's it's going to end up doing, which would screw everyone over, we could... Like we we eventually bring in Doye back in, who had this original idea, the same idea that Michael had about um, um, tractor tra- a tractor beam type of thing, but that was a no go. So instead, let's do a kamikaze mission. It'll be great. Um, and I was okay. I know Michael's the captain, but. I was a little disappointed that she wasn't the first one to say, I'll do it. Yeah, That's not the point of being a captain, though. It would have actually been much more apropos if she ordered Detmer to do it. Well, but but you think that, like, the character of Michael Burnham that we have met over these four seasons would be the first person to volunteer. That's why I say that. This doesn't feel in character. Maybe, David, you can say, this is her learning to become a better captain, Right, because you know we, we we think back to the episode where Deanna Troy takes like the bridge officer's exam and she has to order Jordy to to his death in the simulation, right? Which, truthfully, that was that very episode was on my mind when this was taking place, and like we just see the 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 camera pan over to Detmer after having such a, a long. Um, pause or whatever on Burnham I'm like I mean forgive me for saying this but I'm like you coward like yeah I know you're the captain but like your like in not your character Michael Burnham but the character of Michael Burnham would be the one to like always want to be the hero like to save the day and yeah maybe it's growth but I'm like this this does not seem like the, I, the the right characterization of Michael Burnham in this moment. No, it didn't yeah, feel I, like it to me either. See, 
but I, I don't, I don't per, personally, I don't think, I, I think you're, you're honing in too much on a character that admittedly everyone here has eviscerated throughout the season of being exactly who she is, impulsive, not a commander, not, not a captain, not a good first officer. And at this point, they have attempted, and perhaps not overly well this season, to show some sort of command growth. Whereas in this moment, what would be going through a smart captain's head? So, one, dangerous mission. That's micro. You have to have someone pilot this thing because this is the solution that we have. However, in the macro, you still have a ship full of people. You're still decades away from Earth, your home. You have zero idea what you're potentially going to run into from point A to point B because you spore jumped. So there are points in between that we have to assume are unknown. So what if the ship runs into more trouble? And as the senior officer is the person who's supposed to be the most experienced in, in the ship, the captain, your duty is to your ship. Not to your own individual uh, BS that you carry around. And yeah, you're right. I mean, if this would have been season three, there would have been no way you stopped Michael Burnham from entering that shuttle herself, even with Ndoye. And I thought that was the wrong decision, too, because they didn't let her die. And I've said this about this show, too. This show refuses to let anyone go, and it had three opportunities to do that. You wouldn't let Vance go or Tilly go. They had to survive. You wouldn't let Book go which was bull. You could have totally allowed that to happen. And you didn't let Ndoye go, which would have been the easiest one to do. The only person you let go of was Tarka. And who knows, he might arrive back someday. It's like, oh yeah, by the way, that thing I was talking about was totally the Nexus. So I just rode that stuff out. Like I'm back, I'm back, baby. And here's my friend and everything. He's probably dead, but I'm just saying. But the thing is, is that that moment was the command decision that you're supposed to make as a Starfleet captain. You pick your best pilot, the person who is best able to execute the plan, which in that case would have been Detmer. Because although General Ndoye was like, oh yeah, I've got all this experience, Michael doesn't know her. She doesn't know her capabilities that way the way that you should know Detmers. Right. And, but and no, Doye, I, I understand what your guys are saying. I'm just saying that in that moment, that is the right captain's decision for that moment. Well, even with, even with Ndoye, like, yeah, we can assume that like most shuttlecraft are the same. Like, I mean, I can drive, I can drive a minivan. I can drive a sedan. It's the, ba- it's the same basic idea. But can you, can you drive uh, a fork loader? That I've done it before. That, I don't that, like doing it, okay, but not okay. not with not with proficiency, right? That, yeah. that, and that's that's my point that, that I'm getting at is like, yeah, Endoya might have like flown like fighters or transports or whatever, but like, this is a Starfleet shuttlecraft, like that she's not rated on. Like most pilots have to be rated on certain types of craft in order to to pilot them, to captain them, and even then, like they're like they have like hours and hours and hours of, of flight time that they've logged to prove that they're proficient. And here we are, we're taking the general of, of United Earth and we're saying, we need you to fly this like with some proficient, profi- 
proficient flying and to, and to hit this one particular spot on this one ship it's a hard sell yeah yeah but like david i totally agree this show played it so safe with it. every like everything about this episode just felt safe like you know in season one i thought it was a bold decision to kill colber like in episode like nine or something like that and he was gone you're like whoa that was shocking but then they brought him back right in episode two of season one they killed um uh the captain the shenzu oh my god georgia georgia Georgia. i just drew like i just brain farted there second (laughs) whoa they they kill is like a bold decision but like ever since those moments the show has played it so safe because we're not our our characters are never in danger they're all just they have plot armor right now I, i get like none of the main cast of the next generation i mean tasha yar died in season one but after that no one did none of the main cast they all survived right um Jadzia died in season six of of Deep Space Nine, right? And that was sad, right? Uh, The entire main cast of of Star Trek Voyager survived the entire show. Like so like Star Trek is not used to killing its characters. But we are in an era of television. Right? Now I'm not saying Star Trek. We are in an era of television where main characters aren't don't have plot armor, right? They don't. But this show refuses to, like, take a risk in that regard. Like, last season, I totally thought, are they going to kill a Wushikun, right? It was like, it might have been the right decision for that show, but then they miraculously saved her. And in this episode, like, like, I was totally convinced Admiral Vance was going to die. Like, you would put that, you would, like, incepted me into thinking that. Like, I wasn't thinking that, but you planted that little David seed in my head, and it grew. (laughs) And I was was like, Admiral Vance is dying. He is not making it out of this. But he survived. And it didn't really feel like he was in that much danger. Yeah, he got saved at the 11th hour. But I never felt danger for him. Like, yeah, like, like in Doye, I thought this was a suicide mission, but they were like, no, as soon as she hits, beam her right out. Like, when did we ever discuss beaming in Doye right out? And then, like, Detmer wasn't even given the opportunity to, to go on this mission. And then, like, Book, I think it might have been the right decision to kill Book. Like, I, I've been reading a lot online about people that are like, Maybe Book needs to leave the show. Maybe in order for Michael to <coughs> grow as a character in the show to move on, the best decision is for Book not to be here. And I was like, hey, they killed Book. Good decision. Like, I'm, I'm, fine. I'm fine with that because I feel like this se- season gave us maybe some closure to his story. But nope, they pulled that back on us too. And this episode was just really safe in that regard. And, and I will say this too. I wasn't necessarily saying that you had to kill bridge crew who are supposed to be your main characters. All of these folks were just, they were side pieces. I mean, even book who's been a bigger part of the show is still a side character for the most part. He's not a part of the ship and Doye is definitely not. And I mean, you could have given Admiral Vance like the, 
the total hero thing. Like he points the command center at a giant asteroid that's coming at it as I don't want to close my you know just his plan yeah, and he, the he, he pulls he pulls out a little hollow of his little family and it's like really sad like you could have made such a great moment for okay no it's fine and he, he gets to frolic with his family in the in the I don't know in repaired station or whatever that's cool but like th- there is a point where sometimes you have to make sacrifices and then to get back to what you were saying Eric about book it could have been an interesting plot point for the future because how many of these captains have losses that have instilled in them sort of uh, a bit of remoteness from their crew where they can make better captain decisions like I mean Picard in his ill luck with women throughout his entire life leaving people behind for the sake of his career, thusly not being able to really get close to people because he knows that he's so career-driven. Um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, Cisco. Uh, Cisco is a, is a widower, right? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, raising his, his son his, by himself. Well, uh, Voyager, Janeway. What, what had happened to Janeway? She was engaged. Uh, she was engaged, yeah. And yeah. Her, hus- her husband, Mark, or her, her fiancé... Basically, when they reestablished contact, sent her a Dear John letter. Yep, that's right. So, I mean, like, those sort of things, I mean, as much as you hate to see them, I mean, like, I'm not, and I'm not saying a distant captain's the best captain either, but I've also complained a lot about this whole, like, overly family thing. And to this point, Michael has done nothing but attempt to sacrifice herself for everybody instead of making good, solid, smart command decisions. When again, you're supposed to be the senior officer. You're supposed to be the most experienced. You're supposed to have all of these skills to get your ship and thusly your crew through crisis. And you have specialists. These are the people that are kind of, you know, the day to day. Anyway, but you're right. It, it, it felt a little safe. And I'm not saying I want people to die, well, except Culber. No, and I like Culber, like, but the dead a- should stay dead. We're in an era of television where, you know, characters die. Like, big, important characters. Yep. Let's, let's, let, let's keep on, let's keep on trucking. So, I think one thing that we probably need to mention, which ties in with another story point uh, from this episode, is the fact that Reno, who was kidnapped or whatever, abducted, taken hostage by by Tarka, uh, has managed to get back to the Discovery and kind of tell them a lot of this stuff, which has allowed them to really move forward and do a lot of the things that have happened up to this point. So I just wanted to at least mention that real quick, uh, that Reno gets a chance to really shine. I hope she gets her hot and sour soup. Me too, man. I want some of that. I'm just hungry. (laughs) <laughs> what you gonna make some device out of the the you know, glycosol in it or something like that? That's totally not the right word. No, I'm just hungry. It's fine. <laughs> so let let's talk about what happens next in terms of how we really are gonna get out of it and coming face to face with the enemy of sorts. They want to open up talks again 
because they know that they did something to make the 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 other people stop basically and we we end up going to a tensy homeworld of sorts with a bunch of floating lanterns and volcano stuff and um what are those aliens from it's from a show I'm completely spacing well not not aliens um they look like the freaking um, machines from uh, the Matrix in the re- the real world. Is what it was reminding me of. The Sentinels. Yeah, Sentinels. Thank That's you. Funny. Yeah, they reminded me of Sentinels. Like especially when they get to like Machine City. Like there's the big ones and there's like the squid ones. Yeah, man. But my question is, why did the entire bridge crew have to go down um, at this moment? Mike. Eric. Michael Burnham's like, all of you should come with me right now. Because, Eric, like, if we're all going to die, we should die together. You know why? Because you're family. We're family. <laughs> okay. But, like, I'm... <laughs> like, okay, putting that aside, we go down to the to the planet, right? And we, we see we're interacting with Tensi. And, like... Last week, we're like, how do we explain the concept of us? Because we're trying to send the message like, us plus DMA equals fear. And they're like, Uh how do we explain the concept of us? Well, do we send the letter four because there are four people? Do we send the letter six because we're carbon-based? No, we have to send the chemical composition of the atmosphere, right? Nitrogen, oxygen, trace amounts of CO2, and whatever else. And it was like something so we had to do that to just to communicate us but when we're down on this planet presumably like three two an hour or two later we're like let's send some super complicated speech about each of us is <laughs> yeah, a one yeah. and we're yeah. different from the other ones and I our experiences and and appearances differ and i'm like how did you learn in an hour to communicate this like big speech about individuality and humanity and about different experiences and you can't blame all of us or one of us for all of our actions like when did you learn to do this Eric, well Eric, when, there was an updated can... algorithm that you know adira came up with you know what i'm saying it, it's, it's called a qwerty it's called a qwerty keyboard in an hour <laughs> like when did no, you like, learn do this I, I'm watching this and I'm like doing this like I was just doing I am like I'm pulling my hair and I'm like what in the world just happened like seriously like how did we go from needing half an hour to figure out two words to now we're saying a friggin like discussion board post like we're making we're, we're, we're giving a friggin manifesto to these people with a light show and crop dusting, by the way. Yeah, it well, was it, like, what just happened? Did we forget like what we just went through last week? I, I mean, I think the show f- often forgets or wants us to forget the rules it established in a previous episode. Well, it's this, done that this three the- times this season. This show has said, forget the rules we have established in a previous episode because we need to do something different to make the plot work. This is the episode 
in any other show that would have been like, okay, well, they, we're, we're, we're back on okay terms because we saved their power source, but you know, it's going to take months. It's going to take months of intense negotiations to understand this sort of stuff. Obviously, you have the thing trucking towards Earth, so you have to make it quick. You know, you got to make it snappy right now. But I mean, in any other in any other typical thing, I mean, this would have been a lo- crazy long, complicated process, right? Mm-hmm. But no, the the QWERTY keyboard they 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 get that out there. Saru's typing, you know, Relic's so manifesto, and and it's all it's fine. It's fine, guys. Algorithms and maths and uh, an intense understanding of how to explain a human. It's great. And then Burnham gives some impassioned speech about he was my one and you know he meant some so much to me and i whatever she says something like about how she's why they're like why are you sad after after you stopped this or whatever it's like he was my one and i lost him and he's gone and we can't get him back right and i'm feeling that right now it's like now now they now they can ex- they can share feelings and emotions this kind not just like Boom! General sadness, but they can understand like yeah. the like like the reasons behind sadness. It just is like, and then boom! All right, we intercepted this. We didn't know what it was, but we we figured it was important because of when it happened. So we stopped it and we we kept it for you. Why not? That's nice of us, right? You know, one thing I was thinking about. <laughs> Couldn't book couldn't book have done his like glowy thing, like his connecty thing that he does. He does that at one point in this episode, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah. When when they're Did talking I, about uh, like I was probably looking at my phone or something. When they're the talking Sentinels. about like like uh, we'll we'll call back our device and we'll only send it to to void spaces in the void, and he's like, that's not good enough. You can never use it ever again. Like his forehead glows. That. And they all do wands up, right? They all do like the little forehead tattoo, lighty uppy thing. Yeah, they do wands up, like they're all, they're all like standing together in solidarity. They, like, it just but, seems but, like it would be an easier thing, you know. He could just like you know do his do his glow thing and like connect his stuff. But, you know, I mean, he, do, he does that like, at one point. I'm not sure how, yeah, like what, like if he reaches them doing his empath glow thing. They all match. Like, all their faces... And, or oh, did they all match faces. to him? Yeah, they all match. Oh, like, his little okay. forehead magic freckle thing. Oh, okay. I, I missed like that part. Done all along, <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Yeah, couldn't we have just empathically communicated with them? <laughs> like, didn't Book didn't think to do that before? Or... No, because they were focused on a friggin' isolytic weapon and getting to the Nexus and blowing crap up and seeing the 10C as an enemy and not as a friggin' organism to connect to like they did on like with uh, Quajon. So, no. And Tarka was like friggin' blinding him to all that stuff. Yep. So, there we go. And, uh,. Yeah, so they they all live happily ever after, basically. And uh, the the tents are like, okay, we'll stop. Promise. They probably have like their fingers crossed behind their back for all we know, but <laughs> it's fine. But like, you know what we'll do? 
We'll, 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 we'll help you get home. We'll, we'll, we'll open up this little DMA wormhole thing of what's it. You can just go on out. And, um, we'll stop treating you like, like you're, um, less, you know, you're, you're less sentient. We'll, we'll stop treating you like lab rats. You know, we'll start treating you as like these higher beings, like we didn't think you were. And uh, they all live happily ever after. So, but yeah. then there's still like 15 minutes left of the episode. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? All right. It's like, all right, there's 43 minutes, right? <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. We got <laughs> We got 43 minutes. That's a good episode. Wrap it up. Nope. 15 hey, more hey. minutes. Hey, Michelle. What, what, do you, what, do you want, what do you want to do in the next 15 minutes? You, you want. Hey. Fireplace, really? Let's let's go to maybe, the fireplace. Maybe we can just film the cast re- the the you know cast last day on set and and you know they can laugh and you know high five each other and drink flaming drinks. It'll be great. Before we get to happy hour, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> let's 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 talk like briefly about like the Tarka thing because like I feel like the whole Tarka thing was just like. Could really be summed up in like just a, maybe a few sentences, maybe man, a paragraph. Man, did he give up quickly, didn't he? Like book punched him. Like, oh man, Oros would have been here to stop me from doing this. Why wasn't he here? I'm sorry. All it took was a punch, really. That's right. What, what whatever happened to like his Super Saiyan shield, like his supersonic? Like he has all the emerald crystals and like book, he has. Yeah, like, book used his brace, cat his collar. Bracelet, cat collar. <laughs> and he punched it. Power of cats. Double dragon. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Wonder twin powers activate. Um, yeah, like, just... I'm not giving up. No, no, no. I gotta see Oros. I gotta see Oros. Like, dude, brother man's dead. Like, you gotta accept it. I'm finally having to accept it about, like, about um, Leto and my home planet. I mean, I gotta... I'm. I finally accepted it. You need to really accept it, homie. Like, for real, for real. And, like, last dying breath, he's holding on to, like, a little can of soup. Not it's giving his transporter. up. It's his transporter, yeah. Maybe, so he could have gotten away. Work. Maybe it'll work. Maybe they didn't make it else. sound a lot like the Nexus, though. It's like, they're there, but it's not really them, but, like, you know, it's them. Mm, sounds a little nexus It did to sound me. a little nexus Just a little bit. Season five. Pursuit First scene. Nexus. First Please scene is we don't see Tarka. do that. Please don't ruin my childhood, Michelle Paradise, Akiva Goldsman, and Alex Kurtzman. Do not ruin my childhood by giving us a nexus storyline. Don't do that. There's something ravaging the galaxy. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a ribbon. Oh, by the way. That will literally ruin my childhood. (laughs) First thing we see coming out of the ribbon is the Enterprise B. All the parts showed up on Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, would that redeem it for you, Eric? The no. Enterprise B finally got its parts. No, no, God, <laughs> dag it. 
<laughs> He's trying so hard not to be blasphemous. <laughs> uh, it did sound a lot like the Nexus, though. Let's be real. But at least Soren knew for certain that he was going into the Nexus, and he knew exactly what was there waiting for him. There was no doubt in his mind. He knew. Yeah. Boy. All right, so yeah, we meet Tilly in the in the bar that never existed before this season, where there's a big fireplace, yeah. there's a Ferengi bartender. Yeah. Tilly shows up. Tilly, we love you. Where were you? You should have gone on this dangerous mission with us. Gen- g- generic acting. Generic happy acting with music playing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Rillick comes up to comes up to Vance. Thank you, Vance. You did such a good job. Way to go. I'm right where I belonged. Yeah, we all were. We all were. So anyway. I think Saru gets a girlfriend. Yeah, they have. They finally. They finally like, make it official. They do as yeah. official as they can get, I guess. They're gonna for post it on the Federation social media site, like Saru in a relationship with Tarina. <laughs> yeah, that does not seem logical. <laughs> what, what would that? What would like? What would like the Instagram or the Snapchat of that be called? Like, would it be like? Um, I don't know, like hailing frequencies. Would it be? Um, <laughs> Uh, Fleet speak. Fleet speak. Um, I don't know. Would it be called the warp core? The warp. I mean, there's a there's a nice. Would it be called like a string? There's a nice innocent shot where the two of them they hold hands for the first time, and then you see them yeah. looking looking out the window into space. Yeah. Right. Real innocent. They play with some flowers. That's fun. They do. They get to play with Saru shows him some flowers from my home planet. There's like a lot of flowers in here. <laughs> like <laughs> a lot of them. So what am I getting myself into? Oh my gosh. This dude's like really into gardening. Really you do realize that on my home planet, all of these would die. Yeah. And then I guess what? What? Book and Burnham have their their parting words where Book they is do. like, "Hey, I um, uh, my prison labor essentially, or whatever. My community service, I guess, is what he he was sentenced to community service for his actions, and he has to aid in the the relocation or whatever of refugees." Yeah. Yeah. Do you they, think that they there's... get to say their goodbyes, and Book gets to take his grudge with him on his community service tour. That's right. That's cool, I guess. Yeah. I'm kind of sad that we don't have the boomerang ship anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, A little bit. Oh, oh did, you, did you catch in the episode where Tarka's like, Book, where's your change-o-matic button? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope that... I really do hope we get more... Um, David Ajala. I mean, I think he's like one of the stronger actors, if not the strongest actor on the show. And I think it'd be a crying shame to 
you know, not have him back in future seasons. I mean, even though like you hear Michael Burnham in the in the voiceover, like I know I'm gonna see him again, type of thing. So I I just don't th- like one thing I, I I was thinking about like with like the whole like apology tour slash um, sentence that he received that nothing is really ever going to be severe in terms of punishment. Like Michael Burnham did freaking had like mutiny and was like what sentenced to like life basically like on a penal colony. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think she did it for, for a little while. And then Lorca pulled her out. And like because she months, helped like, months, yeah. yeah, for six months, like pulls her out and has her serve as like, uh, what was it? Like a consultant specialist type of role basically. And helped out with, um, you know, figuring out like, or ending whatever the Klingon war and like all that conflict stuff and the mirror universe stuff. And she just gets her, her commission back. So I just, punishment will never stick as far as I'm concerned in this era of Star Trek. So, yeah, I, I mean, season five, episode one, two, or three, we're going to definitely have Book back, and maybe he'll be forced to join Starfleet as part of his punishment. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he, want, he wanted to be in Starfleet at one point. <laughs> but your punishment for placing us all in great danger is you one of us. join one Starfleet. Us. No! And you only get a red shirt. Ah! Ooh, I'm in command now. Like, Sweet. I feel like, oh, are there weird. any red shirts other than, like, people wearing red uniforms other than Burnham and Saru? Like, Detmer should be wearing one. I know, I know, but she's not. So do we, have we seen any other Discovery crew members wearing a red uniform other than Burnham and so. Saru? Mm-mm. No, I don't think I don't think I've seen any either. No, Detmer should be wearing a command red. No, Detmer absolutely should be. Yep. And depending on what Nielsen does, she yeah, should I was also. About to say, yeah. Yeah, whatever her job is, right? Yeah. The dot controller. Dot controller. I spore. I think Arium's job was like spore operations on the bridge, and like. Supposedly, <clears throat> Nilsson is taking over for Arium after she died. Look, I've only heard her control the dots and then occasionally take the bridge. Yes. That's there we all. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the way that we end all this stuff is um, we have United Earth um, being they're coming back into the fold, right? Um, they're, they're rejoining the Federation. Well, Apparently, there's, also. No, there's nothing to discuss. We don't have to. There's no, no, nothing to discuss. We're in. We're coming back. No questions. We're in. And uh, that is um, Georgia Senator Stacey Abrams. No, no, Pertr- she was. She was not a Georgia senator. She wasn't. She was, was she the Maryland? Spe- speaker of the Georgia House of Representatives. Is that what it was? And then she oh. ran for governor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My bad. Sorry. She's from Georgia. She does a thing with government. There we go. Um, <laughs> who is portraying the president of United Earth. And, um, yeah, she's the one that's saying, there's nothing to talk about. We're excited. Let's do it. And uh, 
of all Captain. the random cameos, right? This is yeah, a was... weird one. Like, I, I mean, I get, I, 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 I didn't know this, but I read that Stacey Abrams is a big fan of the Star Trek franchise, and that's always fun to learn things that, like, hey, people are fans. Like, there's, I don't know what episode it is, but there was a prince of Jordan, like the country Jordan, who was like a really big fan of Star Trek, and he's like has a cameo as a cast member on Voyager, a crew member on Voyager. You just see him in the background in like a yellow in a yellow uniform. Like hmm. the prince of the country Jordan. That's cool, right? He didn't say anything, but that's like a weird random cameo. But this one is just like really weird. Like I I mean It was the episode Investigations. Yeah. There we go. I just looked mm. it up. Yeah, and then yeah, let's 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 pull the let's pull Captain Burnham aside for like a second and just whisper sweet nothings to each other, basically. Like, are you ready? That's weird. Yeah. Let's do it. Cool. It was like getting it was like getting everything you could out of a cameo. Does that mean we need to expect to see Stacey Abrams back more in the future? Well, I mean, she might have a new job as she's running for governor of Georgia again. She might, you know, she might have a different job by the time we're back. Which, by the way, Stacey Abrams, just by being in this role, uh, with the speaking role, she just earned her SAG card. So, good job. Good job. Welcome to the Screen Actors Guild, Stacey her, Abrams. Her SAG after card. Yeah, SAG, SAG after card. SAG and after are yeah. one union now. So yeah, she earned she earned her card. So good job, good job, Stacy. Well done. Yeah, this episode once it once it does that, it pulls out and David. This is what David said earlier: how it pulls out and it, you know pans back and we see like a fleet around Earth and then we just see Earth and then it like cuts out. Right? It's like very wrapped up. Like every previous season kind of gave us some kind of hint to what was going to happen next. Right? Like season one ended hey, we're coming face-to-face with the Enterprise. So we know something is happening with the Enterprise, right? Season two, we went through the the Red Angel wormhole to the future, and we knew we were jumping to the future. Season three ended with the promise of rebuilding the Federation and, you know, having Starfleet reach out to these plants, delivering dilithium and building goodwill, which... That's not what season four was about, but like that's where season three left us with that promise. But we get like nothing. This is like this could almost serve as like a series finale. I know there's gonna be a season five. We know right. it is renewed for season five, but this is wrapped up like super, super tight with no loose ends and no offering, no inkling of what's coming next. I thought that too. Well, do y'all have any other, like, any final thoughts about uh, discussing anything before we evaluate this episode? No? No. All right. For the last time this season, let's do the Delta. So, uh, again, if this is your first time listening, the Delta, we're looking at the different divisions of Starfleet service and how well it was or was not represented. Looking at command division, science division, and, of course, with um, your your engineering, your um, operations type of stuff. So, Eric, why don't you kick us off, man? 
I mean, there is some little engineering. Book gets out his cat collar thing and is able to escape, you know, his his little prison, right, and stop Tarka in a sense. So there's like a little bit of like engineering, you could say, there. Somehow they managed to figure out a way to communicate with 10C in record time, forgetting last week's episode. So uh, there had to be some science engineering thing going on there. I think it's total BS. Like, and I think it's really terrible writing that they were able to do that. So I don't want, I, I award you zero points, and we are all dumber for having seen that. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't know. Like, like I David talked earlier about the growth of Michael Burnham, the captain, right? How, you know, she made the decision that it was probably the right decision from a leadership perspective. You know, we don't know how we're going to get home. There could be a dangerous trek ahead of us, so I can't sacrifice myself in this instant. I have to let somebody else go and do that. So I think that is a good command decision. I think it's totally out of character for the Michael Burnham that we have known over four seasons, but I think it is a good command decision. So there's something there, right? There's something. Okay. How about you, David? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of, as I said, the, the command, I, I think, was, was sort of, sort of there. Uh, just and I only say sort of because an actual decision wasn't exactly made by the captain. It was actually made by the general. She made the decision for herself. But you could sort of see where it was going if that wouldn't have happened. Um, I, I do... I would also say, yeah, it's, it's not re- I guess it's not really command. I, I think a lot of it's in diplomacy where we continue to try and communicate... So I guess that's a little different than command, but the uh, the effort to continue, keep communicating, keep communicating, and not doing anything rash was good. But that I guess I mean that's personal command. So, <laughs> but I, I I don't I don't know if I feel like giving it a full delta because again, while there was there was a really important command decision, it wasn't really executed completely. And I, you know, just being a backseat Monday morning writer, I, I would have done things differently. So, like, give it a half. Um, science and engineering. I get a little confused sometimes because I, th- I, I think sometimes I like to butt them both into each other. Because, like, Stamets problem solving to get out of the, the bubble. I mean, that's technically engineering, but it's also technically science because spores and stuff. So I'm not quite sure where I want to put that, if I'm being honest. But, you know, there is problem solving here, so I, which I think goes a little bit more into the scientific. But, but even when we're, we're, we're still dealing with that little, you know, uh, translator thing, which is it's an engineering feat, but it's also somewhat scientific because you had to identify all their hormonal spray and whatnot. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I they escaped some situations. They came up with some plans. I would I would be okay with an operations and then like science. I suppose there's enough science involved in most of those things. Also, say eh, sure. 
it's the end of the season. Have it. Like, just just have it. Sure. Sure. With uh, with this one for me, like, there there were um, there were there were a few few moments where I was getting a little choked up. Um, believe it or not, um, there was a moment with uh, with Tilly in particular where she was um, she was talking about like those are my cadets and like just how much she was um, owning um, her role as an, as an educator as, as an academy instructor and I particularly like that um, which maybe I'm being overly generous but like to me like I kind of extend that out to like even like some command type stuff um, so I'm, I'm willing to give that I mean even like the stuff that I'm knocking Burnham for or even um, kind of laughing at like some of the like the Endoya thing at the beginning like I think that like character like character like a person's character um, is an important um, ingredient in, in terms of like leadership. So I'm willing to, to be generous and, and whatnot with that. So the, the, the magical update to the algorithm I do kind of, is kind of like problematic for me. Like just all of a sudden we now have a QWERTY keyboard like David pointed out or all of a sudden you know we have like the full alphabet and we're able to speak in sentences and paragraphs and, you know, manifestos and stuff. And that's just, I don't know, like we were, we were on the struggle bus, like just trying to figure out which freaking, you know, molecule on the periodic table to use to represent us. And now we can communicate very complex thoughts. I don't know, like that would be like me trying to tell, like, like use big words, like with like a first grader for crying out loud, who's just learning you know, see spot run, like just learning to read basically. So I'll give, I guess I'll give science, uh, but like engineering, it's, it's kind of iffy for me. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe a little bit, but not, not, not much. So um, other than that, let's move into, um, let's move into the number rating. So a scale of one to 10, one being an absolute dumpster fire, to 10 being absolutely amazing. David, how would you rate this? Uh, how would I rate this? So, the episode was too long. Mm-hmm. Overall. Yeah. It attempted to be a mini-movie without having enough content. The CGI was terrible. And those aren't two things that I necessarily rate very highly for things because, I mean, <laughs> I still like Attack of the Clones despite the fact that the CGI on that was doesn't quite hold up anymore. And I like a lot of long movies, so I, that's not a huge detraction. Uh, but... The show, th this episode was 
too safe, too convenient, and I think in a way f sort of failed to say anything at all. Like there really wasn't anything for me of any real meaning behind it. You know, you save the world once again, and uh, and then what? I mean, was the reward at the end of the tunnel a cameo from somebody I didn't recognize until literally Chase said it for the 15th time in the episode? And Eric elaborated further so I had more context? Um... Yeah, I mean, and again, I don't want to be like kill off characters or whatever, but sometimes you do have to take some risks that, that just make you want to keep coming back. Because this wasn't a strong season. And that's kind of two seasons back to back that were not strong seasons of a show that I had higher hopes for after season two. Because season one was shaky as well. But season two, I was like, oh, okay, I, I can get down with this. And then all of a sudden, it's like, well, you know, I could get down with it. Because <laughs> Captain Pike. Hey, we'll get more of that. We'll get more of that. <laughs> so, looking forward to the next one. Uh, yeah. But anyway, um, I, I, I think there were, there were parts of this that did show some growth. But again, we go back and forth. Growth, and then we're back again. Growth, and then we're back again. It needs to make up its mind. Like, make up, make up your mind make up the message you want to drive home to and for God's sake please don't wait until the end of the season to put some actual anything substance in your show I mean we got an entire nerd down in mathdom it was like the first the first time that it actually felt like a, a thinking show like it had a brain um so I have a bit of a hard time. I have a bit of a hard time because it felt like a lame wrap up to what previously was an okay. And I felt like I was a little hard with the 8.4 on last week. I'm not going to change it because I don't remember it well enough to do it. I, I've forgotten a lot of this season. But it, it, it's not as good as that last episode. And unless I do a revision, I'm going to go probably lower you know to the point where <sighs> I mean I'm thinking like a 7-2 okay uh, let's what play got, the Eric? word association game with this episode here, here what, Discovery season 4 episode 13 coming home word association give me three words safe boring forgettable those are that's what i think of when i think of this episode right and the conclusion to your season long arc should not be safe boring and forgettable right we we told we we're telling a story about this super advanced piece of technology that destroyed a planet that's literally how we started the season and I'm bored by the time we get to the conclusion of it. And I'm going to forget things that happened in this episode by the time we're done telling this story. 
it's, it's like that shouldn't be what happens at the end of your story. I should remember what what happened, what was out there, and and I didn't, and I don't, and that I think that's a fail. I think this episode failed all the way around. Um, it was it was not very good. It was not very good at all. Um, but it wasn't like downright terrible like some of the previous episodes were. Like the All In episode was just downright terrible. Like as far as I was concerned, and the Rubicon episode was just downright terrible as far as I was concerned. So like it's not that bad, um, but it's not good, and I'm, I'm struggling with a rating because like. I hear David give it a 7.2, and I'm thinking, like, I'm not even close to that number. Like, not even close. And, like, I know Chase a couple weeks ago was not even going to be close to to our number, and we, like, guilted him into changing it. But, like, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think David's rating is going to guilt me into changing Basically. this. <laughs> but, like, I just, I'm, I'm going to give it a 6 and then forget about this episode. Okay. Okay. So, last time, Species 10C, penultimate episode of Season 4, we were essentially singing this episode, that, that particular episode's praises. Like, it was smart. Like, it really did a good job of telling a story. It just had, like, it... it it was a Star Trek show that did Star Trek. Like, they put a lot of Star Trek in Star Trek, basically. Um, to the point where Eric gave it an 8.6, David gave it an 8.4, and I gave it a 9. And coming into this, I had mixed thoughts, mixed feelings. I was like, okay, what's going to happen? Like, I'm either going to get be really excited or I'm not um, by the like with how this ends and it was just it was really there, okay there's in my opinion there's nothing wrong with being able to put a bow on something but where's the hook to encourage you to, to keep coming back like I mean if I like something like I'm gonna get it just because I like it but like, where's the hook though? Like to get to get you excited to like get that anticipation up for what it is, what it is that we can look forward to for an upcoming season that we know there's going to be an upcoming season with. And I didn't mind seeing like the cool shot of of HQ floating above, like you know Starfleet HQ floating above. Um, uh, above Earth with like a fleet of whatever that was or a mine. I don't know what that was. It was something like, it looked like a minefield almost, but like rows and rows of like ships or shuttles or something just camped out there. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, seeing the, the Sentinel looking 10C was kind of cool, but like it was just kind of like back and forth for me. And I just... I know there are people out there that are singing this show's praises like they're just like 
They're loving it. They're eating this up. You know, they're going back for seconds, thirds, fourths, and fifths. I mean, they're just hungry for this kind of stuff. But, like, I just felt, like, a little, just a little bit disappointed, like, from just how smart episode 12 was and, like, Discovery being, like, the Star Trek that I essentially, I guess, kind of grew up with or that I, you know, the, the, the Star Trek that I was acquainted with. And I, I just remember watching it and, like, it ended, I'm like, this was just, like, an average ish kind of episode and I might watch it again I might not I don't know uh, Species 10C is one that I definitely want to watch again the second to last episode of season 4 is an episode I wouldn't mind watching again I can't say the same for this and I think I'm I'm in the general ball, ballpark when it comes to what Eric and David are saying that this is just this is just average and just to bring balance to stuff i mean i was already in this this neighborhood anyways i'm just going to go like with a 7 on this just just a 7 i think it's i mean it's a c you know it's a 70% it's passing but it's it's average like the only thing that's like really memorable i think is seeing what the 10C actually look like. Which you would know what they look like if you've seen The Matrix reloaded or, rev- or Revolutions, I'm just saying. They just got like a little skin overlay instead of like the machine thing. I mean, that, that's it. That's it. And you know what, Chase? They did basically wind up being the Packlets. You yeah. are more... How many people are you? How how many? You're already out of it. You you you're not in the sphere. What are you talking about? That makes us sad. We are sad. <laughs> <laughs> we can make you go. Oh, we help you go fast. We open door for you. Okay. So that's it. So um I gave it what a 7. That's what I just said. So, um, let me just do a quick little Dumaflachi real quick, using real technical terms. So, for this um, episode, averaged together with our scores, uh, we're essentially giving this a 6.73 rating. Yeah, there are, uh, like basically every episode from this season is in so the, like the 5.3 to 5.8 range, with the exception of last week's, which is a 6.7. Which I don't, I still don't understand that. Like, yeah, it's the highest rated episode, but like, that would be one of the lowest rated episodes of like the next generation. That's 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 like probably like a nine point five on real scale. Man. Okay. Well, before we get out of here, let's do let's do the important discussion the thing that Eric lives for the Twitter poll so I you know I'm sure we've all been asked this at some point especially when we were kids and I'm like you know what I gotta ask this important question here it is the question was what do you want to be when you grow up 
with about 14,000 hashtags to go with it, by the way. The choices were Chief Science Officer, Chief Engineer, Chief Medical Officer, Communications Officer. I didn't put Captain because I knew everyone would probably vote Captain. Smart. So those are the choices. Chief Science Officer, Chief Engineer, Chief Medical Officer, or Communications Officer. Yeah, Chief I of think security. that's easy one for me is Chief Science Officer. Yeah. Okay. So Eric's <laughs> going with science. Oh, didn't okay. see that one coming. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, well, while I'm down in engineering being the chief engineer, I'll just look over hey, the periodic. my station is probably on the bridge. Yours How's is that not. flower experiment going? That's right. That's okay. I make things go. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can't go anywhere to look at your precious flowers, can you, without me pushing the buttons, huh? Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's go to the results. So coming in, in fourth place, also known as last place, with 9.1% of the vote. Chief Science Officer. Really? Yeah. Wow. What did yeah. you What did you pulse some doctors out there or something? Oh, I would totally be the chief medical officer. Coming in in third well, place at eighteen point two percent of the vote. If you're Doctor Crusher, officer. and there are a, a thousand people on this ship, and someone comes in and says, "I dislocated my shoulder kayaking," I don't have time to deal with that. Like, like go. Talk to somebody else. I got more important things to do because I'm the head. I know. I'm, like, I'm the the person in charge Talk of the health PA. for a thousand people. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Here, let me go ahead and. There we go. It's right back in. Oh, oh my god. Oh, man. All right. Here we go. Second place. 27.3% of the vote. Communications officer. Which means 45.5% of the vote right. went to chief engineer. I mean, no, what I, what I meant is it, it just it does, looks glamorous. It? It's not actually I mean, glamorous. It looks glamorous when you're like... When you have to crawl around inside the engine. Right. That's right. That's right. But hey, people want to do it. They want to be the Scotties, the LaForges, the Torres. I told the captain I'd have this done in an hour. And how long will it really take That's right. right. An hour. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, son. You don't actually tell him the actual time, do you? How are you going to have the th- reputation of being a miracle worker? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Lord. Right. Well, that's it. That's it. So that's it. We're, we're done with uh, season four of Discovery. And uh, the guys were, guys and I will uh, we'll figure out a time to do like some kind of retrospective on, um, on Discovery season four. Um, you know, once we're we removed from find, the season for a little bit. And, find you know, a weekend we can, to try to binge this, you know, right? Rethink some of the, our, our thoughts. <laughs> oh, boy, I don't think so. 
couple weekends. <laughs> Chase, do you have like a hallelujah, like a drop on your board? You know, just like we're done with season four. Hallelujah. Well, that's it, gang. Um, hope you all have enjoyed um, Discovery. For those of you that love Discovery, was it everything you hoped for and more for this particular season? Uh, if it wasn't, what are some things that maybe you would have changed? Uh, or what, what are you hoping for for season five? We'd love to hear your thoughts about this and like your takeaways from the finale, from the show itself, um, um, as, we, as we press on. And uh, we just have to focus on Picard now. That's it until Strange New Worlds comes comes along. Uh, so we'll be back just to the once a week type of things um, here next time. So uh, if you want to get a hold of us and let us know, leave a comment. Check us out, trtvpod.com. Open up Hailing Frequencies, stuff like that. Uh, get in contact with us. Check out the Hailing Frequencies uh, portion of our page, actually. And leave us a comment there, a show idea, whatever floats your boat. Uh, whatever helps you get home as you come home type of thing. A DMA wormhole thing is fine. Um, anyway. Uh, if you want to support the show, tell your friend about it. Help grow the show. Please help help grow the show. Um, I know we, we've got people on almost all the continents listening to this show, which is just blowing my mind sometimes that so many people listen to this show. Like, it's a little show, little tiny show. People actually listen to it. It's crazy to me. But thank you, thank you, thank you for those that do listen that are telling your friends about it. Um, remember, we're on all the things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at TRTVPod. Uh, if you do want to send us a note, um, remember you can enter in coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. You can also send us a voice-only transmission to 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute limit before, you know, we we have to leave, before, you know, the DMA just engulfs us. So please help us escape. Please, you know, don't leave a really long voice message. Uh, finally, if you do want to mail us something, you know, like the algorithm for a new keyboard to for complex thoughts make sure it gets to the lone star station p.o uh, box 2455 azel texas 76098 everyone thank you so much for listening and as always remember to boldly go and make it so